0: Crowhill here. Today we review an amber ale and discuss the mailbag. Hello and welcome to Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crowhill. Well I'm not gonna ask you what's on your mind today because I already know. Yes, we're you gonna do. we're gonna go through all these uh all these comments that we've received, and what? why haven't we gotten to them today? I know, mean, the
1: plan was we'll do one each show, and the show's we starting to get a little bit long in the tooth, and we said, uh, let's do we'll do it, we'll do it next week. <laughs> right.
0: And now yeah. and they have got a backlog. And they've been accumulating, so we've got, we're going to have to go through these. But before that, we're going to go through this, uh, Bell's Ambriel. You know, you like to, you like to drink... The lighter beers in the summertime and the darker beers in the wintertime. Yeah. And here we are in November. I thought maybe an amber would be a Yeah, right. <laughs> the transition <laughs> the beer. The transition beer, yeah. And also Bells, I don't know if you know, Bells recently got sold. Ooh. Yeah. So to, uh, to Budweiser? No, it wasn't Budweiser. Some other organization. But we're going to have to kind of keep track of them and make sure that they keep the same quality. Yeah, because, I know uh, some
1: people have, good, or
0: Ambev, which is really
1: Budweiser is owned by what, a Dutch company or something. Yeah, right? yeah. And somebody, got, Goose Island or somebody like that got bought up by the big one, but have left them alone as far as I can tell. Good. I mean, as long so, I
0: don't care who owns yeah, you. Yeah, really. As, as long as you keep the same recipe yeah, and keep doing stuff the same. All right, so here's an sorry. amber ale. And what do we got? Not much, uh, yeah, not much yeah, hop aroma. Yeah. I expect a little bit of malt character, and I'm getting Dude. it. Yeah, Dude. and it's coming it's, in at a, at
1: a uh, five point eight.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And it says we're supposed to be getting some uh, toasted and sweet caramel notes. Hmm. And some citrus hop aromas.
0: I'm getting no citrus hop aromas. No. But I am getting a little bit of the. The the toasted I, and, and I yeah. think I think that character will come through once it warms up a little bit. It's kind of cold now. Yeah. All right. So uh, Bell's is a good brewery. I you hope know. you guys continue once you you know you have the You're new taken over by the the man. Yeah. All right. Okay. So questions. We've been, we got a lot of questions. We got to go through. And this one was my favorite. Um, Purple Nurple <laughs> wrote, <laughs> wrote in the Flashman incident was fascinating and an interesting example of cancel culture. But I haven't been able to find any of the details online. What you know? How can I find it? What search term should I? Well, use?
1: well, well. Is it yeah, time?
0: I guess it's time. Oh boy, yeah. go ahead. So, uh, so we made this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There
1: was there was no scandal. There was no incident.
0: Uh... Actually, what happened was, <laughs> was what happened was I, I loaned Pigweed the book, and uh, and then he was thinking I had a about, what if moment. Yeah, exactly. Coming back from a camping trip, you were thinking, you know, what if?
1: Well, actually, I was thinking this—the actual thing. I was thinking, I mean, I don't really need to keep the Flashman book around. I'm not going to throw it in the gonna trash again. So right. I'll just give it away and put it in one of those little tiny house, a uh, library things. Exactly, which
0: is a great thing. Which I is a great business. thing. And then I went, hmm. What, what could happen? That could go wrong. That could go wrong. And in then we ways. went on
1: to speculate about how that could go really wrong. Yeah. Until the point where I was inventing. I was, I was. I got to the point where I was inventing politicians. Or had opinions that I disagreed with, and I disagreed with the opinions of the of the that I had just previously had just invented five minutes
0: earlier. That's what happens in my brain all the time. <laughs> I, I tell you, that, I do that all the time. But anyway, so the the entire Flashman incident was invented because yeah. we read this book, which is a funny book, but it's really kind of a questionable book in and some yes, ways. Yes, and in
1: this uh, and it both got us both, both thinking about the current environment and how. It would this book might be considered inappropriate and bloody and the next one thing next next led to another and we ended up with a f- Fake scandal.
0: Yeah, a fake scandal. Sorry, we deceived you, but it was it was all in the name of uh, getting yes, rid of workness. yes. All yes. right, now Chili Champ called you out a little bit on this one. Oh yeah, what did Chili Champ yeah. say? So in the Crusades episode, oh, Crusades. In the, Pigweed repeats the idea yeah. that going on crusade is a ticket to heaven. Okay, that was never part of the deal, although some people may have interpreted it that way. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Well, Chili Champ, I get what you're saying. I think what I was, yes, I was repeating an idea that uh, I didn't make it up. So yeah, right, it is right. out there, but not that you, it's a ticket to heaven in the sense that that's all you had to do, but you kind of canceled your prior sins. You still had to live a virtuous life from that point forward. I, yes. That's what I was thinking. Is, so, that, is that possible? Yeah, so
0: so, so they, This gets back to the whole question of indulgences, and it, it takes us back to Martin Luther and um, his complaint against the church at the time when they were selling indulgences, and the question, the question at the time was, what was the actual doctrine, versus how was it being sold? The actual doctrine uh, well, was one uh, I mean, thing. Uh, during the Crusades or during the indulgences. Well, of the, well okay, of the, Luther's the, Luther's the time. Crusades, of course, were five hundred years before Martin yeah. Luther, but but I think it illustrates the problem that what the, what an indulgence actually means is it gets rid of the, uh, the the consequence of the temporal consequences of sin. So, in other words. When somebody sins, there's there are there are different kinds of consequences. There's a question of whether you're going to heaven or hell. Yeah. And then there's a question of, like, how much time you have to spend in purgatory burning off your bad <laughs> okay. attachments and that sort of thing. Okay? So, it's it's either... If you're going to hell, there's no escape from that. You're just going to hell, you're done. Yeah. But, if you're going to heaven, you might have to make a stop in purgatory... To like, see, see what it. I'm saying. So uh, well, indulgences I'll... are basically addressing the purgatory side of things. All right, but what? So, but what, what? What was the?
1: What was Pope Urban or the? Yeah. The 200 years of crusades. What? What was? What did you think you were getting out of this? What
0: you th- What you thought you were getting was a, a break on on the penance for sins. So actually, let me let me back up even a step further. So if if you go to a priest and say I committed these sins. Mm-hmm. Then the priest will say, "Okay, fine, you're forgiven, but here's your penance. You have to you have to fast for three days. You have to give this amount of money to the poor. You have to do this, that, or the other thing." Okay, and in the early church, those penances were could be very strict. Like maybe you have to fast for a week, or maybe you have to okay. give. you okay. All so right. an indulgence, yeah, but in was, a way, kind of working off your sin. Yeah, kind, yeah. kind of, kind of reordering your affections. All right. So an indulgence was basically a credit against those penances. So instead of having to fast for a week you could say okay just skip breakfast and put 10 bucks in a poor box, all right? Uh, okay. So so an indulgence was kind of like here's the canonical penance for your sin, but we're going to we're going to give you a, a break, all right? That's what an indulgence is. It's an it's a break off the canonical penance for a sin so if you go on crusade then you don't have to do any of the penances for the sins that you've committed has nothing to do with going to heaven or hell it has to do with here the thing you know you don't have to fast you don't have to do this you know going on crusade is like an is a exchange instead Uh, of doing that and i think
1: chili champ is going right now yeah, that's what I was saying.
0: <laughs> Maybe All right. so. Good, okay. good. All right,
1: chili yeah. champ. Uh, I, uh, so it's, it's I, I a it's a compl-
0: it's a complicated, messy business, and and also it, it was very badly misrepresented, which was what Luther was about, because Tetzel was going around saying. As soon as a coin in the coffer clings, a soul from purgatory springs. You know, so, Uh so there was this, there was (laughs) this idea.
1: Yes, and was it, somebody was trying to build a kick-ass church? Yes, St. Peter's.
0: (laughs) Exactly, right. Okay, so, so there's so much for the, the theological part of this. Razorback, right, uh, listening to our camping episode, said, you mix the, miss the, we, we divided camping into like, um, car camping, and RV camping, car camping, and backpacking, Yes. And Razorback basically said you missed the next level, which is survivalist stuff.
1: Okay, Razorback.
0: Yeah, why don't PNC go out into the woods with nothing and see if they can survive?
1: Okay, so you want me to die? Because, I mean, I I consider regular backpacking uh, with, uh, you know, a a 24-pound pack and cans of freeze-dried... That's about as rough as I'm going I know, to do not, I'm, yeah. not I, I'm not killing anything. I, mean, I haven't even caught a fish while camping.
0: Well, canoeing. Not living off the land and eating grubs. I've, I've had fantasies about this sort of thing. Like, you know, being... Have a plane goes down and you're stuck on a desert island and you have to do... But I would never voluntarily do it.
1: I, I did go on a religious camping trip in high school where you fasted. So, you know, I guess that's... That's not... That's... Not living off the land, but I'm also not bringing any food. I'm just really hungry. for,
0: for <laughs> three days, just, just, just not eating. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, so no, we're not going to do that. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, all right. So the Frankenstein episode, which was actually a really cool episode. Yeah, that yeah. Was... We got we have two uh, two from Frankenstein. We'll do them back to back. All right. So just James Double O Seven, which that's an interesting handle. There. Yeah. In the Frankenstein episode, Crowhill had the suicide wrong. It wasn't Mary's first husband who committed suicide but Percy's first wife. I thought that well well it was a astute observation for a man who knows his uh, Victorian yeah uh,
1: uh, authors very well but I also thought the reason that was brought up was to bolster the idea that Mary Shelley had this had this difficult young life which led to the writing writing of this uh having your husband committing suicide and your 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 lover's ex wife's committing suicide. Not really the same level of trauma. <laughs> like right, yeah. it's not like she was wow. She was really touched by that well, an
0: event yeah. to somebody she didn't know that happened before she was even around. But but, uh, the, but the but the bottom line about this is it, it wasn't like Mary Shelley and Percy were not uh, the nicest people. I guess is one yes. Would, one and would and the, the
1: the suicide that we refer to did not really contribute to this dark. Well, view that uh, Mary Shelley had no, with, no, in her no, no, experience. No, no. That, that, was, that was control. from her
0: offspring. Uh, so he said we had another one? We had another one. This uh, is from
1: Dundalk Dave. Okay. He says, uh, thanks for the Frankenstein showed, show. Uh, you talked about how the atom bomb was an example of science out of control. We often don't consider the consequences when pushing the boundaries of science, right? We talked about that because we talked about AI and a couple of other things. He says, "What about purposefully engineering viruses that are more deadly and dangerous than those found in nature?" Oh,
0: Dundalk Dave! Eh, Come on, you're trying to get us in trouble. You're trying
1: to bring the politics (laughs) in. But gosh, you know what? I wish I'd thought of that, Dundalk Dave. You know, we're exactly right.
0: You know, so one of the comments that we got is is we'll get to this one later. But why all the politics? You know, okay. We do politics, but we do lots of other stuff. I mean, Frankenstein wasn't about politics. <laughs> Camping wasn't about politics. Zombies. Uh, lyrics, song lyrics wasn't about politics. I mean, come on, we do crusades. We do, we do history. We, science. We do all kinds of things don't, that are not politics. So don't don't uh, pin that on us. But okay, yes, you're right. So you know, yeah, no, that was a pretty good
1: one. I thought I, I kind of wish we included it in in there. Yes, don't d- science, our our, our uh, suspicion about our belief. In science, solving all of our problems, and yeah. that we should just we should just rush into any science. I mean, real. I realize that that ethics within science is a real thing, and it's going on, and people are trying to keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it still gets away from you. Yes, I remember Longinus brought up Oppenheimer's reaction to the atom bomb. He really was. He was exactly like Victor Frankenstein. So one hundred percent focused. Gosh, thank you, Oppenheimer, for creating this, ending the war, and before the radioactive dust settled, he's like, "What have what, I what? done?" <laughs> Which is uh, a lot it, like Victor Frankenstein. Very much. But like yes, I think your point of uh, should we be should, should we be engineering awful viruses is well, a point you know, well taken.
0: It is, and I, I don't really, I don't know enough about you know immunity and viruses and all that stuff to really give you a sensible scientific answer to that because I don't know. I mean. What is it? Is it better? Were, 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 were we possibly gaining
1: valuable information right. from messing
0: about? Yes. With
1: viruses.
0: So the, uh, one, one possibility is by designing these other viruses, we're figuring out how to deal with them and how to stop them. That's one spin on it. The other spin on it is by designing these special viruses, you're risking creating a plague that could, you know, turn everybody into yes. And whatever. is there
1: is there some Chinese person? in a jail cell somewhere <laughs> who's quietly thinking to himself, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. <laughs> right,
0: but yeah. we'll never hear from him. No, but, <laughs> but it was a good question, Dundalk Dave. So so now we, we do have to get into the politics a little bit because uh, Judge Dredd asked, what about the racial component of Night of the Living Dead? This is the Zombies episode. That's a,
1: yes, the Zombies episode, and he's specifically talking about the black and white 1968 version, and he's right. We did not touch upon that, mm-hmm. but um. Did you did you get a sense of that? Absolutely. So, so here, so this is 1968. Really, the the hero, the only brave and
0: sensible one in the whole bunch, yes, is a black guy. Is a black guy, yeah, which which was actually the rather only black, black guy. guy. Yes, and was rather remarkable. Uh, yes. I, 1968.
1: I, I say so here, you you would think that this is just a scare, you know, it's, it's a it's a dumb zombie movie, but actually has more social commentary in it. Then pro- most things that went on in nineteen sixty
0: eight. Yes, I, I was actually very. I, that was very interesting to me, and I did notice it, and I thought it's it's kind of interesting that back in nineteen sixty eight, yeah. somebody decided to make the black guy yeah. not only the best character in the yes. show, but also to be. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, if you don't want to, if you don't want to spoil it, skip forward 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he's, also, right, but he's, he's the bravest. He's the most admirable. He's the
1: only, the, the only one who's really thinking about the situation. Mr. Cooper's a coward and I love, I love when he just punches Mr. Cooper like three times right in the face. Yeah. And drops. <laughs> right. The woman has just become hysterical, the, the original yeah. one. Right. Uh, who else is in there? The other two, the other two run for the gas pump, blow themselves up. In a panic. Well, actually, they were trying to save everybody else, I guess. Yeah. Uh,
0: but the only sh- stalwart man. Yeah. Is the black guy. Is the black guy. Right. That is that is a very thing. And, and, and then he ends up getting shot. Go, in the uh, end.
1: Right. So, how, but how does that happen? So, in the end.
0: Go ahead. But, well, a bunch of white guys are, are out with their shotguns trying but, to deal but with but their is zombies. He, is he the only survivor in the house? At He's this the point. last guy in the house. The, the only He's survivor. He fought them off fought yeah. long enough. For the Survive cavalry to the to, to, yeah. ar- to arrive, the cavalry arrives and then they shoot him. <laughs> <And> they <laughs> Not because shoot. he's a black guy, but because they think he's a zombie. They think he's a zombie. Yeah. However, there
1: is there could be a little underlying. There could be. There could be. Right, yeah. like uh, oh, but they didn't right. even.
0: I think they didn't even see him for real. I mean, they just like saw something moving and shot it, which you right. never do, by the way. Never ever do that. Always know what you're shooting. Yeah. It's basic gun safety hey, stuff.
1: Alex Baldwin.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, it's a good question, Judge Dredd. Yes, um, and I'm
1: glad he, I'm glad he brought it up because a couple, days, a couple of days later, I was yeah. like, you know, why we never even mentioned it. All right, right, good yeah. job. Uh, I have another zombie. Let's lump these together in terms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of. This is from Eric eats brains. Oh my gosh, that's the zombie thing. That I, right. So yeah. you already know the kind of guy you're about to deal with yeah, here. He was right. so excited about getting in, 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 into this question here. Okay. So he says. <laughs> Regarding your question about the popularity of zombie fiction and zombies as metaphor, could it be an unconscious reaction to group identity politics in post postmodern theory? I, I don't know, Eric. I'm going to move on to your next comment. That, that, that kind of went right over my head. All you right. Thought. Well, just, just wait. Okay. He's not done. All right. Yeah. He's been eating a lot of brains. Okay. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, there's also the notion of material reductionism, okay. which states that everything, including consciousness, right. can be explained by its simpler parts. Okay, I got that for Mind can be explained by an understanding of the brain. This yeah. suggests that a cause and effect scenario governs all. Therefore, free will doesn't exist. Right. Meet. The Meat Rob Robots of Susan Blackmore, and the Little Sam Harris book that argues for
0: no free will. Okay, I understood that I'm paradox, not sure if there's right? this
1: underlying, if this is part of the zombie... Well, it does. It's it just the
0: philosophical zombie thing, but keep okay. going. Okay. Right.
1: Lastly, there's the Behaviorism Theory. It's the Skinnerian Pigeons. Again, we react to our social environment that has a stronghold on us and free will. Dawn of the Dead takes place in a shopping mall. What is a shopping mall but an intricately designed space where everything is designed to make the consumer consume? Now overlay this with our virtual reality. The question is, do we choose to tap our phones when a message comes in, even a spam message, or, or are we conditioned to automatically tap our
0: Okay, so wow, so, Eric, he's, he's, brains. Been, he's been eating a lot of brains. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. So, so let me address the middle paragraph because I understand <laughs> that one. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, materi- Eric, you might want to dial back on the brains. Yeah. So, material reductionism. What he's talking about there is is trying to trying to reduce things down to something simpler, where you have what seems to be a complicated thing. You're going to reduce it down. And say no, everything just comes down to matter, and if matter explains everything, including consciousness well, matter. Like if I pick up this, this thing and I drop it, it doesn't choose where it's going to fall right there. There are laws of gravity and everything else that determine where it's going to be. If, if consciousness reduces down to the brain and the brain reduces down to biochemistry yeah, yeah. and all just, that, then
1: yeah, firing, yes, synapses firing. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. All those things follow laws that we understand yes. and the whole concept of free will just doesn't make any sense because it's just a matter of physical determinism, right? So that's what he's getting at here. And if, if the mind is explained by what the brain does and everything is cause and effect, Free will doesn't exist. And then we get into this question of, well, are we just deceiving ourselves in believing that we have free will and first person experience? And
1: he's suggesting that that is the undercurrent of the zombie fascination is that really we're just more sophisticated zombies. And if you reduce it down, we're really no more than just (laughs) meat robots.
0: (laughs) Groaning in through <laughs> the mall. Yes, we're we're meat robots. Well, yeah. Eric,
1: uh interesting, but style it back, I know, funny. Yeah, yeah. Try,
0: try to try to. Try to yeah, okay. okay.
1: Thank you very much. Let's yes. All right. How ones. about
0: this one, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? nice she's... reference to our job. Oh,
1: which I'm assuming we finally, I think it's our first.
0: Well, it's hard. It's hard to tell by the names. Yes. But i kind of feel like this might be the first woman. Might be the first woman comment. Right. Yeah. PNC want... Uh, this is back to our episode on oh. PNC want women to be happy and safe. Yeah. PNC women want happy, women to be happy and safe. Does that mean you support the ERA? All right. Well, I'm going to give this to you. Okay. So, so uh, as a general rule... Oh, uh,
1: what I mean, equal rights amendment. Yeah. Do you not want women to be equal? Yes. I so, guess is what she's saying. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the
0: question. So, So, I guess my answer is no. My answer is, as a general rule... In the vast majority of cases, yes, men and women should be treated equally. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple specific areas where men and women cannot and should not be treated equally. One has to do with childbirth. Um Men can't have babies. Women can. So I'm sorry. That's just Well, you've it got it. the recent newsletter. <laughs> used the proper <laughs> exactly. words. <laughs> exactly. So, so there, there are situations where men and women are different and should be treated differently. Um, the, the, the most obvious one is childbirth. The next one which is which is possibly subject to some debate is the question of like being drafted into the military yep personally I think men, you, mean, you, men you, mean, you don't be, think that
1: drafting women is part of uh, wanting women to be happy and safe
0: I know I do not <laughs> I, <laughs> You're I, right. I, I do not I do not want women drafted. I, I'm not saying women shouldn't serve in the military I mean Captain Crowhill serves in the yes, military she does. and and I'm very proud of her and that's all wonderful. So, but in terms of women being in combat, I'm sorry, I mean when it comes right down to it, I think men are the ones who should be fighting the wars. And um so so if by the ERA you mean that women should not be have special carve-outs because they can get pregnant, and if you mean that women and men should both be drafted into the military, how I'm about, against. How, it. how about this? What if what you
1: mean is that women should not be given any particular preference in divorce settlements? Yeah, yeah,
0: okay, fine. It, is, it, that, it, is that is that because
1: that's what you're asking for? Right? Yes. Because right now you do. Yes. Right now you get. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of uh, court circumstances where you get special consideration. This ERA thing that you think because of the words E R and A mean uh, you're going to gain something from it. You need to look at it a little bit further because... You might lose. You might lose. You might lose. All right, so, thank you, Marsha, Marsha, Yeah, so, I, so
0: I, the bottom line is women and men are not equal, and treating them as equal is dumb. I mean, the vast majority of cases, yes, we're equal. We should both be able to give testimony in court, we should, all these other kinds of things. But there are some specific cases where it's well, not, well, you yeah.
1: might not... you might, might not actually be winning out on this. Big Weed here. We love receiving comments from our listeners, and so if you have something to contribute, comment, disagree, we'd love to hear it. We can be reached at Show at gmail.com. Just call PigWeed, but Crow Hill will listen to it. So the, in the Destroy... destroy how, how, to, how to Destroy America, yeah. we've got Red, White, and Jew writes in... Uh, he says, I like this show about how to destroy America. I see what you did there because we kind of pretended that we weren't yeah. just pretending that these things weren't actually going on. He says, it looks like you're assuming that they want to destroy America. Maybe they want to make America better. They just have bad ideas, not bad intentions. Okay. I get what you're yeah, saying. Sure. Here. Yeah. But we have, when you, when you look at all of the things that we discussed in the how, Do you, how to Destroy America show, you go, well, how would it be different if you wanted, what would be the difference between, I actually think these policies will be great for America, versus I want to destroy America, and I just came down to
0: the point that it can't be that, you you can't be that dumb. Well, so so on, on the one hand, I see Red, White, and Jews' point, which is, Never attribute to malice what you can easily attribute to stupidity yeah. or, or incompetence. Okay, okay. okay. was well, that so, a saying? I yeah, it I is. Like it. Yeah, and, and I like that. I generally speaking, I agree with that concept yeah. that that we too easily assume that somebody is being mean or nasty, or well, maybe just they're just dumb. I, right, and I feel like I have been giving the the
1: the the credit. <laughs> was it credit to call somebody dumb? I'm not I, sure. I don't know
0: no. <laughs> the
1: credit of dumbness.
0: Yeah. For so long that now I'm going, I don't think
1: I can go there anymore. I, I think there is malice.
0: Well again there, I don't, there, I don't there see comes a, yeah, there comes a point where you simply can't accept the oh I didn't mean to cause this horrible thing anymore. Like there's there's a there's a certain level where you can say, Okay, we're gonna assume the best and you didn't mean it. But at a certain point you have to say, Come on I mean, it's it's so bad. Obviously, you, you really
1: didn't words. think this through to the point where you thought that this was yeah. going to turn out bad. Now, so, so, sort of transitioning a little bit, it got, it got me thinking about the, that cartoon that we saw about uh, where Joe Biden is shooting himself in the foot with yeah. all of these bad policies, yeah. and AOC says you're being too moderate. They don't. I don't think the AOCs think that these policies, which are currently destroying America, they're they're saying. We don't want to destroy America. We don't want to listen to you saying you don't like our policies because we are so convinced of how wonderful this is going to be that we are we need the power to shove them down your throats. However, trust me, you will thank us later because it's going to make America so much better.
0: Yeah.
1: Really? I mean, I don't and, and know. And since,
0: since when is America built on this idea of we're going to trust you and we're not going to You know, we're just going to trust whatever you got in the bag over there. I don't know what it is. We're just going to trust you. Yeah. No, no, That's we don't know. Do all right. So thank you there, Red All right. Did so this is, this is a weird, weird name. I, I think people are making up these names based on their questioning. But, uh, so Young Fung Hi. said, said, uh, what's with all the politics? You guys say you like Jordan Peterson. Do you take his advice? You want to tell us how to run the world, but, are your bedrooms clean?
1: Well, I, actually, look—I don't—I don't, I don't con, consider Jordan Polis. When we talk about Jordan Peterson, we're usually talking about cultural. I don't. We do a lot of politics, yeah. but I don't associate the politics with Jordan Peterson yeah. necessarily. Okay, that's well. True. Let's just go. Let's move on. Let's just do the Jordan Peterson
0: part. Yeah. So, so the, the the point of this is Jordan Peterson likes to say before you try to restructure the world, first demonstrate some some. Some competence in like making your bedroom clean, cleaning your garage, getting get your, your own, own house in get order. your own house in order before you. Okay, so so okay. I mean, I, I get the criticism, right. but I also don't feel like we're trying to tell everybody how to run the world. We're just sort of comment commenting on what we see. It's not like we're going out and saying pass this law or. No, I'm not. Uh, uh, well, I think of it this way: if it turned out that my
1: moral and social and political world view was entirely consistent. With no contradictions and no hypocrisy, uh, I would, no one would be more surprised than
0: me. <laughs> okay. I, I
1: don't think that that's...
0: Yeah. I guess my reaction to this is, look, I, I'm a citizen of the United States. That means I have to vote. That means, oh, I don't have to vote. I have the right vote. <laughs> but that means I get the right to vote. Which means I should be informed and have opinions about the way things are being run. Okay. And that's basically all we're trying to do is we're trying to say when we look at the way things are going and what's happening in the world, here we are as just a couple of normal guys drinking some beers. I'm saying, just saying
1: that I yeah saying
0: I, I don't you know, I, I don't agree with this, or, or I do agree with this. Right.
1: Or that um no, I, I have not read the twelve rules. I don't I don't have them posted and I don't wake <laughs> up every day going, Am I following all of the twelve rules? Yeah. By Jordan Peterson, I just think that this is refreshing—that he's offering the, the re- refreshing advice to telling young men yeah. the opposite of what they're hearing, yeah. which is, you know, what you need to stand up, be responsible, take care—you know, take care of business. Uh, don't consider yourself a victim. Be a man. Yeah. Stand up straight. All seems so, like good stuff. I just I, so. No, I don't read the 12 rules and follow them every day, but I also, I came up with a new fallacy. Okay. This is called, this is Pigweed's quarterback-coach fallacy. Yeah. The quarterback-coach fallacy is this. There's a quarterback coach, and he's got this young, strapping, healthy, powerful, strong-armed quarterback. Yeah. He recognizes a mechanical flaw. Mm-hmm. He says, in his delivery. hmm In his footwork. Mm-hmm. And then the quarterback turns around and goes, "Well, you think you can do better? I can throw better than you can. Why would I listen to you?" Okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. Yeah, you. Of course, the quarterback coach can't throw, but that doesn't mean that he's. Yet his
0: observation right is not valid is not valid yes. what do you think about what do you think about I, the quarterback that, I, coach? that that's a good one. <laughs> I, I like that one and I, I would also add that I like that we'll have to we'll have to add that to our list of uh, pigweed and <laughs> crowhill political principles and so forth but another thing I want to say about jordan peterson is you know pigweed and I are able to eat the chicken without eating the bones you know like there there are things that there are things that we like about jordan peterson And there are things that we don't like about Jordan Peterson, and we don't feel the need every time we mention Jordan Peterson to say, oh, I don't agree with everything he said. I mean, you know, like, let's just say what he gets right, and he gets some things right. And there are some other things where we both kind of think he's a little off base and kind of crazy. Okay, fine. But there there really isn't a person in the universe that I agree with 100% on everything. Right. I don't. I don't have to always give this like Weasley language about how I don't agree with it.
1: Okay, everything's got to be qualified. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah. Just
0: forget that. I, we agree with some of the, what he says. And all right, good. young
1: Fong, thank you for writing in. Yeah. but you know, don't hold us to a standard that uh, no one could. Yeah, meet, but, exactly. Uh, thanks for listening.
0: So, so I got another one from um, from Beerhead, and he says I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now, yeah. and you inspired me to get into home brewing. I've developed a great recipe that all my friends love. Mm. It won best of show at a local event. But I recently entered it into a competition, and the judges dismissed it because it didn't meet the style guidelines. Ah, What the heck, it's a great beer. I know
1: exactly what you're talking about, that beer, beer head. Yeah, Uh, yeah, this goes on in the competitive (laughs) homebrew beer world, right? and I know what you're facing here. Yeah, it's the style Nazi. It is. And and, so, and I don't I, and I I don't begrudge the style of Nazi because you have to and ent- you have to enter it somewhere. Right. And the st- and guidelines and the B J C P exists for a reason and and I get it. I just don't But at the same
0: time, like if I if I go to the if I go to a bar and they got five beers, and one is Joe's favorite, Sue's favorite, Sam's favorite, uh. George's favorite, I have the well, you idea of what I'm ordering. <laughs> yeah. Right? So if you tell me, oh, okay, it's a stout, it's a pale ale, it's a porter, it's a whatever, so, now uh, I know.
1: Hey, would you like a summer flip flop?
0: Yeah, ex- well, Like what? I don't know what that eh, is. Now you're now yeah. you gotta now you got now you
1: are standing in line and everybody's behind you while you ask the bartender what all the names mean. Yeah,
0: exactly. So so there's a there's a value to styles, which is giving me an idea of what it is. But there's also a bad part about styles mm-hmm. where somebody says, Okay, you got this great beer. But it's not quite, okay, so I just recently brewed a Kentucky Common, and then I said, I want to move this a little bit towards the brown ale category, so I moved it in that direction. It's not a Kentucky Common, it's not a brown ale, so it doesn't, it would fail out of both styles. But what if it turns out to be a really good beer, you know? So, so, So there is, there's a good and a bad side to styles, I guess that's the bottom line. No, we we, we we gotta we gotta do this one.
1: All right, well let's well, let's do let's do one more and then, one more uh, we'll, and we'll, just, we'll save the rest we, for yeah, we, the future we, shows. Sorry, we'll we'll try yeah. to
0: catch up on the rest. And once again, you know if you want to submit a question, pigweed show at crowhill dot uh, no, what is it? Pigweedshow at gmail.com? Pigweedshow at gmail dot com. Yeah. Send this that one? in. Or go to our website, pigweed and crowhill dot com and submit a comment there. Oh Frank is
1: is, is it uh Franklin Gothic? Yeah, Franklin yeah.
0: Gothic. You guys regularly diss social media. Yeah. And then you have ads on the podcast asking us to like and share and whatnot on social media. Is it time for you to eat your own cooking? And, uh, you know, I, I honestly have to say I plead guilty to this because um, the truth of the matter, I think social media is basically a dumpster fire. And I, um, what I would rather you do is talk to a friend and say, hey, I, I listened to your show and I like it. And you might like it, too. I would, but I think it also suffers from the either or fallacy.
1: Okay. So that you you, you have to fully accept something or fully reject it. Ah. That's the only way that okay. you can go on yeah. this one. Yeah. And I mean, right, wait a minute. just because it's in, it has ruined the lives of young people and uh, probably especially young, <laughs> young women, all the social media, it is also. The way that, you know, groups form in yes. positive ways. Yes. And how we communicate in positive ways. Yes. So I, I, So it's not, it's, I don't it's not want necessarily me. all bad, you're saying. Yes. I'm saying, right. you know, two things can be true at once. That, uh, social media is horrible and painful and awful. And social media really has promoted a lot of unity. I mean, about, the, about, you know, some, If you're looking for a knitting group in your town, you
0: know what I mean? You can form a Facebook group. How else else am I going to keep up with my high school friends, you know, who are are in Ohio and California and New York and everything else? And all
1: in all, if I had to, let's just think about this here. Let me just pose this to you. The whole broad, not just social media, but every, would you rather live technologically in 1985 or today?
0: Okay. Would you be willing yeah, to
1: give up everything from? Would you, the, would you willing, be willing to give up
0: all of the world's knowledge in your pocket
1: <laughs> to 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 avoid, to, to, yeah. to
0: avoid uh, the Twitter mob? Okay, that's that's a very interesting question, and I'm not really qualified to answer I, I, it at the I, moment. I have to think about that. Right, over. but yeah. clearly it's not a, a an obvious.
1: No. I'm a social media hater, and blah, 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 right? Not, not obvious. Uh, no, it's
0: it's not not, it's in not
1: in obvious. In All right. Okay. So,
0: sorry, folks. We got through as many as we can. Well, there plenty more, and we'll yeah. we'll try to trickle them out. We'll in try the to trickle them out in the future episodes. Okay, who we got for man of the week? How about John Cleese? I like John Cleese.
1: Yes. Yeah, who doesn't like uh, a little bit of Monty Python? But yeah. I'm sure a lot of people actually, if you're uh, if you're under thirty and you've never watched Monty Python, you probably will find it. Repulsive, yeah, probably, yeah, because yeah. you are. Yeah. So he's uh, invited to Cambridge University because he is awesome, and they want to hear everything that he wants to say. And uh, but what happened? So somebody before him did, did a Hitler imitation. Was yes, it was blacklisted, but he was a so his Hitler impersonation. He did he did a parody trying to persuade the audience that bad taste and bad morality often go hand in hand. The the speech I gave was a strident attack on Hitler's racism and anti-Semitism. But because he did a Hitler impersonation, he got blacklisted. So, John Cleese says, well... I've done Hitler imitations. I've I've done Hitler imitations, and... Therefore, what
0: I'll just cancel myself, <laughs> just
1: like <letting> <laughs> myself, <laughs> right, right hey, out of the, right out of the uh, Cambridge University. And you
0: know what? You know what I like about this is what he could have said is "You bunch of woke morons." I don't want to speak to you because you're a bunch of woke morons. Yeah. Instead, he he, in typical self deprecating British fashion, said, "I guess I better blacklist myself."
1: Yeah, he says, "I apologize to anyone at Cambridge who was hoping to talk with me, but." Perhaps some of you can find a venue where woke rules do not apply. <laughs> and I'll go there. All right,
0: yeah, there you go. And so, John Cleese, you know, I saw, I saw a video by him the other day. It was John Cleese's Five Recommendations for Successful Meetings. And I expected it to be a comedy sketch. All right. All right? And I watched it, and it was actually... Amazingly good business advice. Okay,
1: yeah. I mean, think, right. Think of all, all of the production meetings that he's. I'm been sure. To, yes, exactly. Right? He, he, Films he probably, and television yeah. shows and writing, you know, writing circles and yes, all of that. Like
0: exactly. And he he's knows not only when, a comedian. Yeah, right. He doesn't just show up and read his lines. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? or show up and make everybody laugh all the time. So sometimes, he, but anyway. So I think John Cleese. That was the right reaction. It was very, very clever. Can I bring up the two anti-men of the week in this same all right, story? Sure. Yeah.
1: So see this. Pimply faced dork. Yeah, he is the Cambridge Union president, who whose job was to oversee a blacklist of speakers. Oh my I gosh, mean, are you? These people are so deaf. Do you not realize the what that term means? It means it. You have turned a term that we have categorically decided is a negative <laughs> a negative thing to blacklist and proudly put it on your uh, name tag. I
0: am the official blacklister of speeches. It's it's sort of like being the chief inquisitor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. which John Cleese (laughs) would have done. That's right.
1: He says, you you know, he he, he didn't realize, he says, "Uh, uh, 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 it was such a huge shame that Mr. Cleese couldn't make it, you know, but that his... Blacklist
0: was merely a recommendation to future presidents. He's probably offended that he didn't get to blacklist John Cleese instead of him doing it himself. He's,
1: he's like, oh, I didn't know. Now, now, because now he's being held responsible yeah. for John Cleese not showing up. He's like, oh, I just wanted to blacklist other people. And I think blacklisting is obviously a very important thing for our university, and so does everybody else. I just didn't want to apply to John Cleese. All right, you... Mr. I guess Mr. Bradwell. Do you think this dork deserves to be called Mr. Bradwell? No, he should probably just face Beta. It. And then the second one is so the guy, so John Cleese, right, one of the most powerful men in, in Britain, comes to your defense, and the guy who originally got, you know, well, got blacklisted, right. Mr. Graham Hyphen Dixon, he followed this up with an apology. He says. I sincerely apologize to anyone who found my debating tactics and use of Hitler's own language distressing. On reflection, I can see that some of the words I use, even in quotation, are inherently offensive. Yeah, okay. All right. Really? The guy just came to your defense,
0: and you don't have the stones to to back up him who came to your defense? Yeah, you know, I I think there's this new therapy... Where they remove all the Y chromosomes from your body. I, I think maybe this guy had And it. I have a feeling that Graham
1: hyphen Dixon was actually Mr. Graham before he got married and adopted his wife's name so that he, you know, could be, so they could share the last name.
0: Okay, yeah, I Thanks, think so, yeah. Thanks. Graham.
1: So you, so Graham, Dixon, and Bradwell are the anti-man of the week. I think that's our first anti-man of the week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you co co anti-men of the week. A hey, John Cleese. Up against John Cleese who kicks both your asses. By himself. Alright. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.